Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hello, hello. Welcome everybody back to Let the Rest Burn. I am on today with someone I actually just met this year, Angeline. She is a women's power and confidence coach, and she is a force to be reckoned with. When I tell you how amazing it was to get to know her and to also hear her speak her truth, she's a projector, everybody. Uh, It was fabulous. And I can't wait to dig into what makes you, you. Angeline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, So why don't you introduce yourself? Let my audience know who you do, what you're about, who you are. Give us a little uh, rundown. Awesome. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a power coach for women. I focus primarily on women um, because our challenges are a little bit different than men. Of course, we all have challenges, especially inside of the patriarchy, but those challenges look a little bit different. Um, So I focus with women and womb work and women's challenges Mm. and empowerment in Mm. the the systems that we live in. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a controller in finance and accounting. Yes. And so I wear many hats. Yes. And yeah, that's my work in the world is Mm. helping women come into themselves as their own authority and their sovereignty. Ooh, I love those words. Tell me a little bit more about the womb healing. I know that's something you've kind of tapped into, but I've heard that so often. What does that look like? What is that? So the biggest challenge for women was the disconnection from our womb yes. wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that has been carrying on for you know thousands of years, the disconnection from that. And so actually tapping back into that space with the felt sense and being able to communicate with that space. There's a consciousness there that we've been disconnected from for eons and we don't have the systems and the support in place to reconnect with that wisdom. Like we did back in the days before Mm. we really took hold and the witch burnings and all of that, that disconnected us from that wisdom. And so I work a lot with women with unraveling a lot of what is being held there in the programs and the beliefs and the consciousness and um, the like sub personalities that exist there that have been implanted from the systems and the way that we've been conditioned and raised um, and helping them come back into the natural core essence of their own wisdom, truth, and voice in that space. Ah, wow. That's super powerful. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I think what's, I hear this a lot. Like I hear the womb healing and it's appealing to me. Obviously I'm a mother as well. Um, a woman and I, I love how you've connected it to a bunch of different pieces because I think sometimes people get fixated on, you know, this is, this is one path, right? Like you've got the confidence, you've got the power, you've got the, 
understanding of the history and the culture behind it. Um, and I just love that you integrate that into your work. So it's really, really powerful. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me a little bit of like when I invite my guests on the show, right? Like I want to talk about what you do. I want to dig into some of those pieces, but I also want to dig into you as a person, right? And, and what made you who you are today and the woman who can sit in front of us and say, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you power and confidence. I'm going to help you heal your womb. Like that's some badassery right there. Right. So what did you have to do? What did you have to burn along the way? Let go of release in order to be the woman you are today. Everything. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I, uh, this goes back, you know, eight years. I was in a marriage with a man that I thought was my soulmate. I had given over all of my authority to basically where I just kept thinking the more that I give up to my, of myself or the more I sacrifice of myself, the more I'm going to fill this hole inside of myself and feel loved. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, layer upon layer in that relationship of the abandonment wounds for my father when I was little. Mm -hmm. Um, and so not loving myself and not putting myself first had me sacrificing everything financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like every area of my, of a being I had lost myself. And it was after I had my son and I realized, okay, this was a messed up situation for me, but it, it gave me a different perspective of being like, I'm not going to have this child raised in this type of a situation. Like it gave me a different lens and to find the power to get out of that situation. And it was just a really horrible situation where there was zero accountability on mm -hmm. the side. And um, I basically took all the marital debts. He kept the house mm. um, and I claimed bankruptcy, which had so much shame around it because I'm an accountant. I know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. red, when you're in the red, I know like all the financial information, but because I didn't have that core power and authority within myself to say, I'm not going to let you charge on these credit cards. I'm not going to let you buy this stupid shit. Like I'm not going to sacrifice all of these things. And at the expense of just trying to fill this hole and like feel love from you. Like I don't, I was afraid I was so overgiving and I was so people pleasing and so afraid that he wanted to buy this drone or whatever he wanted to buy. And I would be like, no, then I would lose his love. So it was like, I was constantly giving into things that I was going against myself of knowing was right. And I mean, I'm take, I take full responsibility for that. These were my own patterns as well. It was just the two of us together was like super, super toxic. And so I lost all the equity in the house. I had to claim mm -hmm. bankruptcy, took all of the debts. And now I had a child on my hip, an eight month old that I wow. had to figure it out with. Um, and I had to rebuild that. I had to move through the shame of mm -hmm. bankruptcy. I wasn't able to buy a house mm -hmm. when the market was you know, not crazy. And then now that my finances have recovered and my credit now, it's like, it's just exploded, you know? So yes. there's times when I'm like, oh, that was really crappy. I shouldn't have given him all of the equity and done it the way that I did. But a lot of that was so that like, there was a clean break there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I look back and I, or I hear friends talk about horrible situations with their exes and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. So I had to basically burn down everything that I had built in my life up to that point and burn down all of the aspects and integrate all of the aspects of myself that were wounded mm -hmm. to allow those patterns to take place in the first place. So all yes. of the pleaser, all of the overgiving, all of the self-sacrificial self-abandonment to try mm -hmm. to follow up internally and build that love 
for myself first um, and understand where my authority lies, you know, and that also includes religion. There was a lot of religion stuff and in there as well that I had to deconstruct and move and finally put myself as the authority spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, every sense of the word, build a completely different foundation for my life and what that means for me to never experience that again. Like to never give all of myself away like that again. And I've experienced more love than I ever did in that past relationship from having loving myself first. There's a different level of being able to receive and give when I am the core of my authority. Mm-hmm. I don't have an intermediary in that exchange or that foundation. Like I am standing both feet planted on that foundation instead of expecting somebody else to give me that foundation. Ooh. That's some powerful words right there. That's some powerful words. And, you know, I want I want to, number one, commend you for doing that and having the courage to do that because uh, you say it now from a place of confidence and power, but I know what it feels like in the moment to make those choices. It doesn't feel as confident as it does when we're looking back on it, right? It's there's There's so much doubt. There's so much back and forth. There's so much like up and down. And, you know, you know I've navigated divorce as well and, it's one of those things that I find that you you question your inner truth in the process. I mean, obviously you get stronger and stronger in your core. You recognize the reasons you did what you did, but it is such a challenge in the moment when you know it, you know the truth deep in your body, you know the truth, but it's so challenging to act from that place. And I think that's, it comes back again to what you said in the beginning, like really connecting with your womb, really connecting with your deep knowing really connecting back to your core sense of self, then it it kind of disrupts those shadows from taking over and running the show. You know, it was interesting too, when I started to actually do a lot of the womb work, when I started yeah. going through my coaching training, because I had repressed trauma and I didn't remember it. Um, I was drugged and assaulted. And so I when I would come out of it, it was like, I just kind of pushed it aside and there was like shame and stuff of not knowing what happened and like Mm -hmm. thinking the worst of the situation. But then it was like, as I started connecting with my womb and, um, you know, when the Brock Turner case happened, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like super triggered. I was like, something's going on here. And I was in the coaching connecting, like the coaching training, connecting to my womb. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of trauma here. Started seeing a therapist starting, started doing EMDR, working through the things in coaching and in therapy. And for example, I was also at that time training for a bikini competition. And part of that is being able to know how to pose and how doing a certain walk and certain kind of like stage presence in that experience. And I noticed when I came out of my first EMDR therapy session, my walk was different. My hips were moving differently. Like, so when we have trauma in like, because it's not just in our brain, it like lives in our body and your body moves and reacts with that trauma. So it was very interesting when I walked out of there, I noticed my hips swaying differently and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that was when I realized how much I had been carrying of that trauma. Wow. So I think what I want to really highlight there that you said that's super powerful is you physically feel the difference when you do this work, Mm -hmm. when you heal these wounds and you know, trauma to your body and in particular to your womb space, and especially uh, when drugs are involved or an assault is involved, takes 
the somatic healing in order to move through it. We can mentally move through it to a degree, but you have to heal your body. And I do find that as we, you know, burn the parts of our life that no longer align, the things that need to be healed start to come to the surface. Like we start to recognize, okay, these are some unresolved things that I need to work through. These are the things I need to see. So it's like this half of the story is this empowerment and this reclamation of self as you walk away from things that no longer align with you. And the other half of the story is actually starting to do some of the deeper work and healing the pieces of you that need to be healed because now you're in a safe position to actually unpack those. So tell me, like, when did you get the spark for wanting to shift into this coaching world, right? Sounds like you're an accountant, you've done money stuff. Like what, what sparked this for you? So it's an interesting story because I used to be a beach body coach, um, which is- Oh yes, I know beach body, Uh uh-huh. So I was a beach body coach, um, which was almost the beginning of my empowerment. My husband Mm -hmm. at that time, my ex-husband, he was just kind of really against it. He didn't like me doing it, but I had lost a lot of weight and like totally transformed my physical body after having my son. And so I wanted to like share that with other women. And so I would have groups and stuff and I would run these groups with these women. And I just loved seeing the women come into their confidence and loving their bodies. Mm -hmm. Like that piece of it was so fulfilling to me, but like trying to grow that business and have other coaches join you. Like I was very successful in getting women results physically and them loving themselves and transforming their relationship with themselves. But I was not successful in the way that you have to earn money in that business. And so it kind of, I was kind of wondering like what next, what next? And my teacher for my coaching certification, Layla Martin, she sent out an email talking about her program, the teacher training that she was launching. And I just read that email and like, I cried, like I knew this was it. Like I had not even thought about going into this work or doing any of this stuff, but like for something in that email just spoke to me on such a soul resonance level. that it was like, this is your next step. Like I didn't have the money to join that program, like all sorts of things. And when I decided like, this is it, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to figure out a way, like the universe moved, like my credit was, I could refinance my car to have the monthly payment. Like I sued my ex for some divorce settlement that he owed me. I mean, it was a small amount, but that like extra $150 a month made or breaked like so much for me. So, you know, just like things started moving once I decided and I was like, I'm going to do it. So that aligned action. I love that. And I think two things, number one, like how did you get so sure you felt it in your body, right? You felt in your body, you felt the response what does it look like for you to feel that and then take aligned action? What's because I know people can feel a hell yes, like they can feel it, but there's that next step that we struggle to make. What would you say? Like you feel it in your body. The next step is to really affirm to the universe. Like this is what I want. What do you recommend people do? I think the biggest thing, and I teach this a lot in my work is deciding like the timeline that allows the inner, the universe and our higher selves and like whatever to like start manifesting, it starts with the decision. Like once you decide that is when the timeline takes place for you to do the quantum jumping, for you to do all of the energetics, for you to do all of those things. And so the decision is what really is important. And sometimes you have to like redecide because I've also Mm -hmm. been in situations where I'll feel that and then like, it'll be super potent and powerful and I'll maybe take a little bit of action and then the fears get a little bit louder, a little bit louder. And I kind of let it fizzle, you know, but like for this one, I made the decision and 
I just kept coming back to like, I know this is where I'm supposed to go. Like, mm. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to find a way. Like, yes. I'm going to just keep allowing the openness of possibility that this can happen for me. Like I'd already been to the bottom, right? Yes. So I yep. was like, there's only going up and I'm just going to like bet on myself and take the chance. Like instead of, because ex- a lot of times, you know, in the past I had given away my authority. Like I would look mm-hmm. for validation in my ex. Is this something good that I could do? Or I would fight for it when he was like fighting against me. And so I had a little bit of that resolve of like, I'm going to do something and make it happen. And I didn't have anybody fighting against me. Like, I guess that that was what's also such a beautiful thing is making that decision and deciding this. And of course it doesn't make sense to other people. Like there was somebody that I had spoken to and they were like, you can't transfer these credits, like a traditional educational (laughs) system and, you know, things like that. So there were other people in my head being like, this is ridiculous. This is nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? But I just knew like my pieces, it had aligned inside of myself that this is what I needed to do. And so I just kept taking that action and kept deciding this is what I'm going to do. And I started to get creative about how can I make this happen? Mm. And so it was like looking in, okay, has my credit improved enough? Could I refinance my car? And then being like, okay, there's this, this money owing to me. So I took him to court and got that settlement going and then was able to negotiate the payment plan with the school and stuff like that. So the pieces are available if we get creative enough and we're decided enough and we trust ourselves enough. I think that that is one of the big things is like trusting yourself, like yes. understanding that we get that impulse <clears throat> knowing for a reason, like our body. And that's the thing too, is like, even when we have trauma, like sometimes we get triggered and we're moving from a response and we may have a story around that. And our story may be inaccurate of what, what's happening, but our body is not going to lead us astray. Mm-hmm. And that was also something that I had to work through with like my trauma healing and everything was like, I'm triggered about something and the story that I'm making it mean may not be accurate, but like understanding my body is giving me a signal for a reason and to honor that signal. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's so powerful. And in such a piece of misunderstanding we have about the body, right? Mm-hmm. There's so, so often I hear people say, you know, my body is betraying me or my body is not understanding or I'm, I'm fighting with my body, you know, and it's, it's like, no, 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 your body is just giving you a message. The story that you have about that message or the interpretation of that message is actually the issue, right? It's mm-hmm. your body has no maladaptive like desires here. It's literally just telling you what's happening in real time. And trauma often is stored in the body and, and creates a response that is maybe heightened to what the reality is. But all you have to do is actually tune in and give your body the attention it needs in order to shift it and to heal Mm -hmm. it and to process through it. And I think money trauma in particular is one of those that is so pervasive and people don't understand how covert it is. Mm -hmm. It, I am like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of this just because I think it'd be really cool to hear you riff on this and, and how you would handle this in your coaching. I have some clients who we all understand money trauma when we don't have it, right? It's like, makes sense. We've got to figure out how to be in an abundant mindset, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But what I find really interesting, what I'm seeing as I'm stepping into the bigger coaching masterminds and, and classes and things like that is what happens when you receive a bunch of money and how your nervous system reacts to that. So mm-hmm. How would you handle or what would you say to someone who they're like, I, you know, this opening happened for me, right? The yes, the universe is giving me what I want. And now my body is giving me like panic 
right? Like I'm feeling experiences of fight or flight and I have all of this money coming towards me. What is going on? Yeah. I always go back. Hopefully this is okay on your podcast. I always go back to sex because I feel like it it's, is, it is very okay. <laughs> of what's yeah. happening in our body, right? Yes. So yes. Money trauma is similar to orgasmic trauma, right? When, when a woman mm-hmm. is having a hard time or a man, when somebody is having a difficult time experiencing an orgasm or a lot, or surrendering to that shift to go into an orgasm because their nervous system can't hold it because of trauma. And that's the same thing with money is what is blocking that expansion of receiving and holding more is your nervous system trauma blocking it. Like it's the same thing. It's an expansion. That's what happens with orgasm is you are expanding in your nervous system, the level of pleasure that you are experiencing, that you have that shift in your body that has that feels that explosion or you experience a type of orgasm that's the same thing for money you'll get that infusion and then it's like your nervous system can't expand with it can't hold it and so it's going to like push it away kind of like the chasing in an orgasm right like Mm, i'm feeling close i'm feeling close i'm feeling close but then it's like i have trauma there i can't expand anymore i'm bumping against a trauma or last aspect of myself because of the trauma. And so then it like drops down and you have to kind of rebuild that pleasure back up in your nervous system, but you're going to keep hitting that limit of that trauma. Ooh, ooh, yes. (laughs) So how do we heal that? What do we do? How do we, how do we expand it? How do we get rid of that? So we can receive all the orgasms and pleasure and money that we want. What do we do? Tell us. (laughs) So it's, it depends on everybody. Like, each person's trauma lives oh, a little bit differently than themselves, right? <laughs> so, like, for me, when I was experiencing the orgasm blocks trauma, it was because there was an aspect of myself that was leaving when I would mm. like, disassociating, when yeah. I would get close to that orgasmic experience, that shift taking place in my body and my nervous system to, to have that orgasmic experience. And so, it's about being able to get into the body to find out what that limit is, what that, what's going on with that trauma. What is that block that is keeping you from moving beyond that point of expansion mm. and integrating it, bringing it back and shifting the aspects and releasing, discharging whatever trauma is also in associated with whatever charge is also still active in the body around that block and that trauma. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening, like, this might be new language for you all. I'm, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Um, the ways to do this are, are varied and, and different. Breathwork is extremely powerful for this. Um, I'm getting certified now. I'm literally just like a fangirl of breathwork right now. Um, <laughs> because somatic- it does more things in the body is what EMDR oh, therapy does. Having experienced both of those, it was like EMDR is just like a shortcut, like, right? To yep. Getting the brain to process whatever's locked on the one side of the brain to getting moving across into the different sections of the brain that stores the memory or whatever. So it's not present happening now. It becomes a more of like a memory experience. Yes. Breath work does very similar, but it can take you 20 minutes, a half an hour to get deep enough into the breath work experience to actually get into the brain waves or whatever's going on with the relaxation of the brain to actually start moving that. But there's a lot that you can discharge in the body through breath work. So, I mean, it is a powerful, potent modality. So I think that that you mixing that with your stuff is, is awesome. Oh, it's, I can't, I can't wait. It's so incredible. And when we're talking breath work, we're not talking just deep breathing there's all sorts of patterns and, and things that activate your vagus nerve. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, I, I highly encourage anybody who's interested to, to look into it. And yes, it's going to be part of my treatment modality as well, as well as EMDR. 
but there's there's so many ways to get into this everyone i want i want you to to know that and breathwork emdr somatic experiencing whatever it is you choose don't do it alone like mm-hmm. period we are meant to do this in community we're meant to do this with mentorship we're meant to do this in with leaders guiding the path through the fire like people who have been through the fire and they're like this is the path around it or through it i got you it's extremely important self leadership is part of it but i'm telling you when you're when you're going against these deeply ingrained shadows that are that are stored in your body that are keeping you from having the life that you want you should never have to do that alone and this mm-hmm. is why you know angeline and i both actually connected is we're in this community of women who are doing this work and we're doing this work together. And it's such an important part of healing. And I think it's like the new frontier of healing, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because in our coach training, right? Like a lot of, it wasn't just learning the modality. It was like the whole beginning part of the training was us going through all of these things for like self-deepening, self-understanding our own nervous system, regulating ourselves, resourcing ourselves, like this massive transformation of self first before we ever got into any of the coaching tools. And a lot of that meditation and practices was breath work. But I can tell you that doing that on my own versus when we got into a group and doing it together, it's a very different experience of experiencing that and moving the breath work through yourself through like even a meditation, a guided meditation or something versus when you're in a group and there's waves that end up happening in the collective experience when you're doing a breath work experience like that, where you'll be experiencing something and it's like the group together will ride a wave. Like it's very interesting. It's almost like our nervous systems will sync with each other and will if you have something that you're that somebody else is releasing, it could trigger that release within yourself. And that's also why doing it with people who are experienced in trauma, experienced in handling the nervous system, experiencing and helping people move through different triggers and stuff that comes up is so important and a requirement that I would say, because when you're experiencing it in a group and you're and somebody else is releasing something that triggers a release in you to fully be able for people to be aware and see what's going on with your experiencing to know that you're fully discharging that and you're not going to walk away from that experience and have a meltdown that night or a panic attack or something, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And this is, I mean, I think this is the piece about when, when I started this podcast and I was like, I want people to understand what it is to be in your full power, Mm -hmm. to ask for a full life. You know, how often are we told to just be comfortable with enough? Like I, I love gratitude. So let me say that out loud. Gratitude is an essential part of our our practice in order to really deepen into what is currently happening. But there's also a dark side to it of like, well, just be grateful for what you have and don't ask for more, right? Like this is, you know, look at everything that you have. Look at the country you live in. Look at the resources you have. Look at the color of your skin. Look at, you know, and I am extremely grateful. I'm very aware of privilege. I'm very aware of the things that I have. And it's also okay for me to ask for more. Mm-hmm. It's it's both. It's not, it's, it's, and, and I think that those are the components that a lot of us struggle with is I get to have it all. I get to have this full expression of myself. I get to have orgasms and make money. What? Right. Like this is, and this is what I think like your work, my work, this is what we're doing is we're, we're teaching this to women. I teach this to men as well, but like this idea that we are inherently deserving of a life that is fulfilling and we do not have to settle for less just because it makes other people uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Like what I love about that too, is it's, it's not like 
there is that piece that it's like, I deserve this. I'm worthy of this. Like I'm meant for abundance and pleasure. Like, you know, our clitoris has all of those nerve endings, like just for one single tool. It's not a multi-purpose tool. Like the penises that is, has way less nerves. Like we are built for pleasure. It is our birthright. And beyond that is when a woman is in her full self, like Mm -hmm. It one of the beautiful things about women is it overflows into her community, into her family, into all the spaces that she's in. Like a woman who is in her authority and in her power and has done the work, she is uplifting everybody else. Yes, yes. Like yes. a wealthy woman, that wealth is going to expand beyond herself. Like, you know, people are like, women shouldn't have money because of blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, women should have money because they transform their communities. They transform the spaces around them when they have resources, when they are fulfilled themselves and in overflow themselves, everything around them experiences overflow. I agree. And this is, this is what the world is meant to be. And I mean, look at nature, right? Nature Mm -hmm. overflows into itself consistently. That's why it coexists with each other. It's this beautiful, like, Um, my favorite example of this is trees, right? Like they just like, they're interconnected through their root system and they just flow into one another. And when one tree gets all of the resources, it shares shares it with the community. If one tree is sick and headed towards death, it sends out all of its resources to the trees around it so that they can prosper. It's, it's powerful. And and something I think I want to delineate here, you know, you know me, I, I have the shadow archetypes that I talk about on this podcast right now. And the one for March is actually the people pleaser. Mm. And I think women can struggle with the people pleaser and the martyr. They're very similar. And this idea of like, how can I be in overflow? How can I ask for more and not get to that place and then slide into the people pleaser, right? We want to overflow into our community. We want to give, we want to spread our resources, but when is it too far when do we get into the shadow people pleaser behavior? What are your thoughts? So I could refer on this. <laughs> boundaries, 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 boundaries. Boundaries is so important because we are taught from a very young age to not have boundaries, to sacrifice ourselves. Like I remember a very vivid experience in high school where this guy had a crush on me and I wasn't really paying attention to him. And he called me stuck up and I was so offended. Like, that's not who I am. Like I felt so unseen, but it was like, it's a cultural control dynamic to have mm. girls lower our standards, right? Like, to yes. like, oh, you think you're better than me. And then it creates shame within us. And so we drop, we lower those standards. But those standards, like if it feels natural for us or whatever, like whatever our standard is, like that's something within us telling us, like we should hold those standards. Like yes. it's there for a reason. Yes. Like to find the people who are matches for us or like, you know, other parts that match with us. And so when we have these dynamics socially and culturally to have somebody give that up and, you know, from young age, girls are taught, you know, it, the way that, you know, girls and boys are raised in our culture there's quite a few differences. A lot more is expected from girls. We're expected to sacrifice a lot more, mm-hmm. um, to overgive, to share differently and think of ourselves last. Yeah. And so it's ingrained from us from such a young age to be the people pleaser, to be the mm-hmm. overgiver. And, you know, I think that that's part of the work. There's that wounded healer within us, right? A lot mm-hmm. of us many, many lifetimes as healers and things like that. And there's a lot of wounds, you know, I could get really woo woo into this stuff, but yes. I think a big piece of that is 
boundaries. And I was actually talking to a girlfriend yesterday about one of her friends who's in a difficult spot financially and was talking about, should I co-sign for her for a place? Mm. Like all things. And it was like, we really had to go into this about the wounded healer, the savior complex of trying to save this person that she cared a lot about. And it really comes down to like feeling into yourself of like, if this goes bad or if this situation happens, is this going to be an overextension of myself? Because that's actually what it is. You're not just looking at, I'm helping this person. It's okay. If this, I, I do want to help this person, but is going to this extent, mm-hmm. the level that is going to benefit all of us, right? Yes. Like, yes. She could make calls. She has connections where she could help her overcome some of the challenges. And that's a great way to help somebody, but to overextend yourself, maybe like giving money like that's going to make you suffer for paying your own rent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those are overgiving. And I think that it takes doing the work, the embodied experience, right. Of mm-hmm. saying, Oh, I, I wanted to do this. And the way that I justified that in this situation is I was only thinking about this or blah, 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 whatever we're giving ourselves to justify that overgiving is to have the awareness of that pattern and see how we're doing it and readjust the boundaries around those situations. And it's not just something that you can just decide. It's something that you have to have that felt sense, that experience Mm -hmm. and communication and awareness within your body in those situations of what's taking place in your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you're only thinking from it, from the mind, your mind is going to think one way versus what's happening in your body. Your body's going to be feeling something different under having a different level of understanding, giving you different signals. It's really about awakening understanding what those signals are and the communication of the body, how the body is. It's a body awareness intelligence that you are increasing as you're working through those archetypes, those behavioral patterns in your life. Yes. It's, I completely agree. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we are taught to leave our body and I'd say men and women experience this equally, just in different ways. Mm -hmm. We're taught to leave our body and step into our mind and the relearning of how to step back into your body is super important for making any decisions and shifting those patterns. This is where traditional therapy for me just doesn't cut it. You know, we can talk about it all day. We can, we can shift belief systems, but if you're not experiencing it in your body, if you're not doing the work to get back into your body, you're going to just repeat the same things. And then on top of that, you're going to experience shame on top. Mm-hmm. And, and that shame shuts everything down, right? It, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't move when we're in shame. And so getting back into your body, being in stillness, doing the work. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I've, you know, I've done these things, ladies, I've done these things. I really want you to ask yourself what scares the absolute shit out of you <laughs> when it comes to the work. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example here. There's a reason I'm doing the breathwork certification. What scares the absolute shit out of me is to have anybody tell me how to breathe. And Mm -hmm. I had, I had asthma as a kid. I've had allergies forever. I live in Colorado. So it's like a consistent and constant allergy, dry grossness that's happening here. And to have somebody tell me, okay, now take like, do these type of breaths to, um, or shift this type of breath. It made me feel trapped and afraid and scared and controlled and I was like, ooh, I got to move towards that. I got to move towards that because there is something happening that I need to explore. Now, I am saying this all within reason. My dears, please do not move towards anything abusive or toxic. Obviously, like there's a caveat here. I mean more in the healing world, right? Like if it scares you to like 
pull an oracle card and and sit with yourself and ask yourself and connect to spirit. Let's explore that. If it scares you to tell another person your vulnerable truth, let's explore that. Like let's let's go towards the things that we're actually avoiding. If you feel really great listening to podcasts and reading books and telling nobody that you're struggling, you're going to stay in the same place. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm glad you're getting the information and the tools, but move towards the discomfort. Yeah. And it's interesting, my experience seeing women who want to do this work, who want to join coaching, Mm -hmm. but they have this fear of what's going to happen in my relationship. Like if I'm Mm -hmm. healing and I'm I'm changing, we're going to break up because my partner is not also. But what I have seen that's fascinating is when the core of the person is healing and shifting and changing, it's like the partner just kind of like absorbs certain levels of that. Like, for example, I had a client recently, we were doing a lot of work around her self-worth in the workplace and getting a new job. And she increased, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in her annual salary to move into this new job. And it was like, then her husband also had an experience where he had a major up level in his job. So it's like just from her doing the work, the household income Mm -hmm. that like he saw the benefit of her work too, like her mindset shifting, her body shifting, the groundedness in her value and what she felt like her family could actually be capable of obtaining and receiving and Mm -hmm. living a different level of experience. He absorbed that as well. And Mm -hmm. so like, if you have what's typically a healthy relationship where you guys are able to communicate and navigate through the shifts that the individual is having, the other person's going to up-level too. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it becomes something that people avoid and they're afraid of. Um, and usually that's also a sign of like, okay, there's conversations that you guys are not having, or you're not feeling that your partner is supportive in your individual growth and strengthening, which is also another conversation that you should be having. Very much so. Yes. Ooh, I love that. The tie back to the partnership. Cause I completely agree with you. Like, and ultimately sometimes you do outgrow them and then you do what we did, right? We move on. We, we, we expand, we ask for more and we find partners that, better align. You have inspired me to find a better partner. (laughs) I don't, I don't have one yet. I'm still single, but I, I believe that like keeping those standards high, doing the work, continuing to expand and, and asking for more is exactly what magnetizes money, partners, love, opportunity, growth into your world. Mm -hmm. Angeline, tell us, tell us how can people work with you? How can they find you? How can they get into this like ooey gooey goodness that you have literally poured into their world today? Yeah. So they can find me at my website, angelinepower.com or Instagram at Angeline Alive or TikTok at Angeline Power. I love that you're on TikTok. That's so fun. I literally (laughs) just started a TikTok, the evolved therapist, and it's hilarious. So we're going to see what happens with that. I'm I'll be very curious. Yeah. Um, is what are you enrolling for? What what can, how can they work with you? Yeah, so I have openings for my one-on-one um, self-actualization queen six-month mm. program that they can Ooh. work one-on-one coaching with me, and we'll go through you know of course what they're coming to me for, but they're going to get a lot more than that. Like this woman who came to me because of self-worth around money around mm-hmm. her day job, she ended up having way more self-love, way more trust in herself, understanding the communication of what Mm -hmm. was happening to me, feeling so disconnected from her body. Like she couldn't trust her body and it was helping her understand that her body is always communicating to her and how to start recognizing that and what the communication and language of the body actually is. And 
going on to making a lot more money, loving herself a lot more deeply and like her relationship improving, just so much transformation. So you may be coming to me for one thing, but everything is going to get better. And then I'm going to be launching a group program here soon called Feral. And so they can go onto my website and get on the wait list for when that launches. But that's all about de-domesticating women outside of patriarchy. So getting ourselves outside of the boxes that patriarchy has us in and and believe and those patterns that we're replicating within ourselves. I literally have goosebumps. I love (laughs) it. I love it so much. I so appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Conversations with you are always extremely illuminating and empowering. And I walk away feeling more powerful and confident. So you are in the right field. You're doing the right things. I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be a guest on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today to be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information, like and subscribe, and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.